For a long time, I've been hoping that the FBI and the Obama White House and the Hillary Clinton campaign didn't start the whole Russia hoax investigation. But it's beginning to look like I've been wrong. Now, I'm not kidding. I didn't want the stories to be true. I know it's been slowly but surely heading to that conclusion, but I really didn't want it to be true. Why would anyone hope that they were involved? Why would any American want to believe that the FBI, one of the most respected law enforcement agencies in the world, one of the most respected in the history of the world, would do something like this? If our FBI has been compromised, if they've actually been involved in starting this bogus investigation, it'll shake the very foundation of the American justice system for many years to come. There's already enough information that has been released to call for a thorough investigation of the FBI, one that should result in a major housecleaning of that agency, and it should start with Robert Ray, the current leader of the FBI. If he stays in charge, there better be a very good reason for it, because by all appearances, he hasn't done nearly enough to get rid of the corrupt employees, the ones who either were directly involved or who looked the other way as the agency took a hard turn away from its core mission and became a political organization. It's hard to imagine the FBI becoming a political organization, but it sure looks like it did. We need to know how this happened, who's responsible for the failure, and we need to put in safeguards to make sure it never happens again. This is from the FBI, talking about their role and their mission and what used to be the premier law enforcement agency in the world. At the heart of the FBI's strategy is our mission statement, a description of who we are and what we do. At the heart of the FBI's strategy is our mission statement, a description of who we are and what we do. The statement reflects both the core of our diverse responsibilities and the FBI's rigorous obedience to the rule of law, which governs all of our actions. The mission of the FBI is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution of the United States. Our vision statement captures the essence of what defines success for the FBI. It describes where we want our organization to go. Ahead of the threat, through leadership, agility, and integration. The FBI's rigorous obedience to the rule of law which governs all of our actions? That statement sums up just how much the FBI has strayed from their role in the lead-up to the Russia hoax. It's shameful. By and large, the rank-and-file employees are still the best in the world. It's their leadership that needs to be changed, and changed fast before the entire organization becomes infected by politics. I don't know when political bias started to creep into the FBI. J. Edgar Hoover, the leader of the FBI from the time it started in 1924, or at least until they changed their name to the FBI in 1924, he was there until 1972. He's considered its greatest and maybe its most flawed leader. Hoover made the FBI into the most respected law enforcement agency in the world. He fought gangsters in the 30s and the mafia in the 50s and 60s. He chased World War II spies and Russian spies, too. Hoover introduced modern technology into the agency, and his career is one of the greatest in law enforcement history. Yet, 
J. Edgar Hoover was a flawed man. He kept secret files on too many people to count, sometimes for no particular reason. He kept files and files of nude pictures of celebrities, and he had files on people he called radicals, and he had files on politicians, too. Several presidents, including Richard Nixon and John Kennedy, thought about firing him, but they changed their minds. Maybe they couldn't fire him because they knew of their own FBI files. But Hoover didn't really seem too political. He did a lot of things that he thought would protect America, but he didn't seem motivated by partisan politics. He did things that protected himself from being removed from his job, and, of course, he just liked to know things about people. If you were the director of the FBI, would you spy on people? Who would you spy on? Before Hoover ran the FBI, when it was called the Bureau of Investigation, the people who were in charge didn't seem too political. At least they didn't act political. And after Hoover, people like Patrick Gray and Clarence Kelly and William Webster ran the agency, and none of them seemed too political either. During the Clinton administration, Louis Free was the director. He didn't think much of Bill Clinton. He thought Clinton was sidetracked by all of his personal and political scandals, and he thought he wasn't very tough on terror. You can't argue too much with that. He had a chance to eliminate Osama bin Laden, but he didn't. And Free thought Clinton went easy on countries that gave money to his campaign. No surprise there. Did the FBI become politicized under Louis Free? Was his dislike of Bill Clinton political or because he didn't think he was an honest person or that he wasn't tough enough on terror? Doesn't look political to me. Did the FBI become political during the Bush administration? Robert Mueller was the director during that time, and when he ran the FBI, it didn't seem politically motivated at all. Now, people argue that Mueller became political during the Russia hoax, but it's more likely that he was just a hands-off manager who let the Trump haters on the team take over. And there were lots of those people on it, and they ran the show. And Mueller, he checked in now and then just to find out what was going on. Then there's James Comey. Now, Comey isn't popular with Democrats or Republicans. Under his leadership, the FBI clearly became political. It was the perfect storm. An FBI director who seemed to see nothing wrong with using the FBI to act in a political manner and an administration filled with people who felt the same way, including the president. If you look at the resumes of FBI directors who served before Comey, you can see similar backgrounds. Robert Mueller grew up in New Jersey, got a degree from Princeton. In 1968, he joined the Marines. He became a first lieutenant. He was a rifle platoon leader in Vietnam. He served with distinction and was awarded the Bronze Star. After leaving the Marines, he worked at a law firm as a litigator and went into government service in the U.S. Attorney's Office before heading up the FBI. Louis Free was an FBI special agent from 1975 to 81 in the New York City field office and at FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C. In 1981, he joined the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York as an assistant United States attorney, and subsequently he held the positions there as Chief of the Organized Crime Unit, Deputy United States Attorney, and Associate United States Attorney. He was also a first lieutenant in the U.S. Army Reserve. 
William Session served from 1987 to 1993. He was an Air Force pilot and officer. He worked in private practice and then for the Justice Department before getting the job to head up the FBI. Then we look at the resume of James Comey. Comey gets his degree in chemistry and religion from William and Mary, and later got his law degree from the University of Chicago Law School. A degree in chemistry and religion? Who gets a degree in chemistry and religion? A mad scientist, that's who, not the director of the FBI. You have to go way back to 1864 to find out about this combination of chemistry and religion. There was an advertisement for an appearance in Brooklyn, New York by a Harvard professor. The advertisement read, Religion and Chemistry, or Proofs of God's Plan in the Atmosphere and Its Elements. Ten lectures delivered at the Brooklyn Institute, Brooklyn, New York, on the Graham Foundation by Josiah P. Cook, Jr., Irving Professor of Chemistry and Mineralogy at Harvard University. Then there was an article that determined that brain chemistry was the reason religion was invented. The fear of death caused a chemical reaction in the brain and is responsible for the creation of God and heaven. Comey has told people that he took chemistry in college because he was thinking about becoming a doctor. He said the chemistry degree came in handy at the FBI because of the connection to forensics. He said he decided to study religion because of the physical and metaphysical connection between the two subjects. He says his parents weren't thrilled when he told them he was losing interest in chemistry and was more interested in theology and philosophy. His father wrote him a letter telling him he was an idiot for losing focus. I think his father was on the right track, at least on the idiot part. In his senior thesis, Mr. Comey analyzed the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr and the televangelist Jerry Falwell. In that thesis, he emphasized their common belief in public action. Well, James Comey apparently believes in public action, and a little behind-the-scenes action, too. Publicly, he tries to come off as a choir boy. That's the religious part, maybe. And then there's the behind-the-scenes guy who's actually trying to get rid of a duly elected president. At least it's beginning to look more and more like that was the plan all along. These documents that are slowly being released don't paint a very moral picture of the FBI and its morally superior leader. Was Comey following God's plan? Was he acting like the moral leader he thinks he is by taking action like the religious leaders in his college thesis? Did he think he was on a religious crusade to rid the world of a person that he didn't think should be president? Was that what this was all about? Did it have something to do with morals and religion? In 2017, Gene Zubovic wrote an article about Reinhold Niebuhr, a brilliant scholar and religious leader of the School of Christian Realism. He wrote about the rebirth of interest in Niebuhr because so many political figures, including Barack Obama and James Comey, liked his ideas. Niebuhr was most popular in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, but he's made somewhat of a comeback lately. He's worth reading because so many of his arguments are still so compelling, even today. Jimmy Carter loved him because so much of his writings were about the Cold War and how to live with it and win it. Carter was afraid of a nuclear war with Russia, 
but rather than advocate themes Niebar might have endorsed, Carter went right to the leftist playbook and chose abject cowardice, appeasement, and surrender to the Soviet leaders. John McCain liked him, too. Mr. Zubovic wrote of an interview with David Brooks and then-State Senator Obama, where Obama said Niebuhr was one of his favorite philosophers. There is serious evil in the world and hardships and pain, Obama said, and we should be humble and modest in our belief that we can solve those things. But we shouldn't use that as an excuse for cynicism and inaction. Three themes that were a major part of Niebuhr's philosophy are sin, irony, and tragedy. He said that only by accepting our limitations could we make the best out of an imperfect situation. That sure doesn't sound like the Obama I listened to for eight long years. It should have been four years, except Mitt Romney blew it. Obama was, and still is, one of the most morally superior people to ever walk the earth. And James Comey isn't far behind him. And it's beginning to look like sin, irony, and tragedy were in full force in the Obama administration. It was a sin that they tried to use the FBI to take out a duly elected president. An irony that people who considered themselves so morally superior were not. And a tragedy that the American people had to deal with that terrible Russia hoax for so long. But maybe we're finally getting to the bottom of how it all happened and how James Comey played such a big part in politicizing the FBI. In his article, Gene Zubovich writes about Niebuhr's most famous quote, which was, We cannot do good without also doing evil, since legitimate assertions of power are inevitably accompanied by illegitimate accentuations of that power. Niebuhr wrote about rough justice and how moral men had to play hardball. Then, Zubovich finishes up by asking the question, Do Comey, Obama, and other powerful people read Niebuhr because he tells them to act with humility and caution? Or is it because Niebuhr tells them that moral men have to play hardball? Both men have played hardball when dealing with people they saw as enemies. And Comey's record as the U.S. attorney in New York and as assistant U.S. attorney in the Bush administration he demonstrated time and time again that he could play hardball with the best of them, and sometimes he didn't care about the morality of his actions. Is it then so hard to believe that he could try to use any means necessary, including using perjury traps and spying on American citizens and falsifying FISA applications to achieve what he thought was morally right? As more information comes out, we'll have more questions asked and answered. But the real question here is, how did this guy ever become the head of the FBI? And how can we prevent this from ever happening again? The FBI is a critical law enforcement agency, especially in today's world. We can't do without it. But they need to stick to their mission and not become a personal law enforcement agency to any president. The FBI must remain independent and stay out of politics. If we've learned any lessons from this whole Russia hoax, that should be right at the top of the list.